Hi everybody, this is the, the video and live streaming show. My name's John Lacey. Um, I'm joined as always by Sam Proof. Um, Sam, how are you doing this week? Hey, I'm still fighting off whatever is going on. So if I break out in a coughing fit, I apologize in advance. But beyond that, great. <laughs> how are you doing, John? That's good to hear. Um, it's one of those great things <laughs> that um, Restream likes to keep me on my toes. And like the, the second I went to turn off the, the music, it was complaining of some issues. But I think we're okay now. But it would be good to know if we're okay. going out to live to all the various places. So if you are watching live, please let us know in the chat where you're coming from um, today. We'd love to hear from you. Today, we're talking all about starting Scrappy and actually using some cheap and free tools for video creation and live streaming. So I guess sometimes there's a temptation when you first get started to want to go out and buy all of the things and invest quite heavily and uh, do that uh, $10,000 home studio. <laughs> and I love gear. Don't get me wrong. I love investing in gear. Tech is, is so exciting to me. But I think really when you first get started, it's probably more important that you think about, you know, just, just creating a, a proof of concept, just getting some skills underneath your belt um, to start with. So, Sam, do you have any advice on, you know, some of the things that maybe people can can start doing just to get their, their dip their toe into the world of online video? Yeah, I mean, you've, if you're watching us, you've already got the, the necessary equipment to get started. Whatever it is that you have on hand, your PC, your laptop, your phone, that's all you need. Like there's a webcam somewhere built into one of those things, probably uh, get started with that. Like there's a uh, sort of a rule I have where I don't put money into something that is not in itself bringing money into its existence. So like, you know, and maybe not a, a lot, but you, you can't, go and get a $10,000 setup and then six months down the road go, maybe this wasn't for me. Like, don't, you don't <laughs> want to be that person. Right. So sure. like get started with what's on hand. Um, and then as you go make checks, be like, is this good? Is this working? Let's, what can we upgrade at this point? Am I going to keep doing this for 10 years? Um, Absolutely. So I guess in terms of, uh, you know, maybe taking a step back, maybe taking stock quite literally of, of the things that you already own. Um, yeah. Some of the things that might be worth thinking about are your smartphone. Um, smartphones these days can do amazing things. They usually have a camera or two or more than two. Um, yeah. You've, you've got the webcam that may be built into your computer. It may be um, an external one, which in some ways is, is quite handy because you can move them around and reposition them and use little tripods yes. and things to, to get going. Mm -hmm. um, hi, Raquel. Uh, Raquel's uh, watching from, from Texas. Thank you for joining us oh. today. So we're talking all about uh, sort of cheap and free tools for video creation and really thinking about the kinds of things that uh, you might want to actually start with, um, you know, before you get too carried away. Um, and, you know, one of the big things that we kind of take for granted sometimes is lighting because you really need to be well lit when you're on camera. Yeah. And there are two things I'd say about that is, uh, you know, use natural light where po possible. If you've got a yeah. large window, it's great if you can, you can be in front of it. 
Um, but if you don't have that that ability, artificial light is fine. I do have some Elgato um, key lights that are amazing. They're, they're beautiful pieces of equipment, but they are very expensive. And before right. I had those, I just had like a very cheap um, desk lamp and it sort of had a posable neck. So I could really reposition it wherever I wanted to. And it's amazing how much even that level of uh, of of extra lights could actually help me show up even on, on a pretty basic webcam. So think about those kinds of things, things that you may already own. And I guess the other thing too, and we speak about this from time to time on this show, is you know what what digital assets do you already have? So if you are creating content in any form, think about the the things that you may have. Hopefully, you can build a content library. I know I talk about that all the time, but it's it's revolutionized my life and I kind of encourage everybody to do that themselves. So if you do have text, if you have audio, if you've got video, uh, whatever you've got, uh, make sure it's there and it represents your, your brand and, and your project. Yeah. I, I, like, uh, like you said, I have some fancy lights. I have like a hundred dollar, you know, light kit that was actually gifted to me. So yeah, look for those people who are giving up on doing what you're doing. Um, but you don't need these yeah natural Mm -hmm. light is going to be amazing so if you can set up by a window or even outside sound permitting uh that's that's going to be better than almost any studio light that unless you're like dropping thousands on it um but you can get really small clip lights for very cheap uh and just put a good bulb in there and you know and they and and you're good to go if, if you don't have a, a legit natural light source that you can use. Uh, another thing I wanted to add to that is you can go to the dollar store and get some big uh, pieces of foam core, just a big white reflecty sort of, uh, you know, thick piece that you just can use to bounce some light on you. Because again, that's something that in a film set, you're going to spend hundreds of dollars on this really big, you know, reflector. Uh, you can, a dollar. You get it for a dollar and just, you know, angle it so that the light bounces back to fill in some of your shadows and stuff like that. This is a lot of little tips and tricks that you can do things on a budget for. Absolutely. And I think um, it, it, we talk about starting scrappy and, and using what you've got. And I think a lot of the times it's really important to think outside of the, the box as much as I loathe yeah. that, it, that expression. Um, you know, just think about some of the things that you've got handy. And I want to talk you through some of the earlier iterations of, of some of my studio setup. Um, I used to use a whole bunch of textbooks as a microphone stand. Um, and this is actually a, a blue snowball microphone, which is probably nothing I would recommend these days. But back in the, its day, um, and this was yeah. probably a good 10, 12 years ago, um, it, was, it, was, it, it did the job. And I guess the other thing that is beside that is actually my uh, Rode NT1A. And I've actually got this in a in a table stand from Rode, but it's not really designed to hold the weight of this particular microphone. So what I actually ended up doing was buying a, a, just a workout weight um, from Kmart here in Australia, of all places, uh, nice. 1.25 kilograms worth. And I just put that on there and it's amazing how effective that was. And I used that for probably a solid year before I moved on to, to other things. So I guess, you know, it's it's worth being a little bit creative and um you know anything that you've got uh got got lying around could potentially help improve the height of a webcam if it's an external yep. camera um and i i mean i you know the the there is i, I should note that i do have my, this microphone on on a boom arm which is amazingly effective but again if you're not at the point where you want to invest just yet 
Uh, whatever, whatever you've got lying around can be really, really super useful. Do you have yeah, any sort I, uh, of MacGyver-esque um, <laughs> tips on, on this one, Sam? I, I spent many a YouTube video standing in front of a laptop that was on top of a chair on top of a table. So, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of things to do if you don't have a tripod available to hold a laptop. Uh, and, yeah, along those lines, lots of books and boxes to get things uh, to the right level. Um and things like that, yeah. <laughs> and I must admit, I, I don't know that I have um, them handy enough to show you, but I own a lot of mini tripods. And they're amazingly useful, but even still, I find that I probably need to st stack them up on other things just to, to in increase the height a little bit. So just, just think creatively about the things that are around you and how you might use them a little better. better. If there are particular pain points, um, the, you know, that you're experiencing, uh, by all means, go on Google, research, and, and see what other creators have done in, in that space to try and overcome those as well. I've actually, to this day, still MacGyver things, I have a mini tripod that I've wrapped around a boom <laughs> so that I can put my phone here mm -hmm. to get other things, you know, like nice. other shots while I'm doing uh, my mic. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, so absolutely. So the, the, those are all sort of great things to, to keep in mind. So this is the, the video and live streaming show. My name's John Lacey and I'm joined as always by Sam Proof. Today we're talking all about cheap and free tools for video creation and live streaming. So Sam, um, we're kind of blessed in a lot of ways to have access to some really great software and, and tools that are out there, uh, some of which are actually free. So yeah. let's, I, I guess let's talk about streaming software first of all. Yeah, and it's, we, this is ahead. amazing time. Like back when I got started, you know, in 2005, if you wanted to live stream, it was not, there was no software. There, you had to like have a platform that was going to pull in from your webcam. And if you wanted to do anything fancy, you have to try and finagle other softwares that weren't really made to do that and get them in there. But now you have OBS and all of these sort of rebranded spinoffs of OBS, like Streamlabs and uh, Stream Elements versions of OBS and all of that. And OBS is amazing. It is on par with like, legit production uh, software at this point. It's it's just one of the most uh, beautifully created things I've ever seen. Like, it, and every year it's been going and getting better and getting better. And it is just an open source broadcasting software um, with just a multitude of abilities. Like I, I've used it for a very long time. I've done some very complicated things with it. And I don't think I know the entire depth of what can, <clears throat> which can make it a little intimidating to start it's almost like sitting down with a ream of paper and being like i'm gonna make this a novel you open it up and it's big black box and you're like i'm gonna make this a broadcast <laughs> <clears throat> but there's a lot of great tutorials out there on just how to get started and just setting up a few quick sources and scenes and that's all you need you don't need to worry about plugins and scripts and all of these other things like you can start streaming within an hour probably <laughs> if you're technically uh into it you might be able to do it faster so you probably want a little research time but yeah obs is amazing uh, and if, yeah uh, we've we've actually done entire shows on obs and we will do some some more in, in the future yeah. i guess and i i mentioned this to sam a little while ago but um 
A number of people has sort of come out of the woodwork to ask me why I use OBS. And I also listened to a number of podcasts where people were complaining it's all too hard and too scary. And right. I, I've got to tell you, I had three or four days where I was, I was even doubting myself and questioning it. And I think it's one, it's, it's not that scary. It is incredibly powerful, yeah. but you don't need to know all the tools and all the settings to get started. No. Um, it is free and open source, um, so it, it works on Mac, it works on Windows, it works on Linux, if, if you're so yep. inclined. Uh, it is literally free, which is amazing, especially if you're getting started. But it's also yeah. incredibly powerful, so it's something you can start with quite easily and grow into. Um, and even if uh, you're in a situation where maybe you are the on-camera talent and you've got somebody else who's your producer who's operating the software, that can be really powerful. And there, there are things built into OBS Studio specifically that will help with that enormously. But the yeah. thing I'm trying to do, and I've, I've done some sessions on this in, in my other show, Coffee and Content, um, which you can find on YouTube if you go to youtube.com uh, forward slash learn live streaming, um, is really to, to let people know that there are some settings that uh, and some functionality which are quite useful even outside of live streaming. And one of those is the ability to just record your screen. Yeah. So if you ever need to show somebody something, you need to demonstrate something, you need to give some software um, uh, organization some feedback about their things, that is so easy to do in, in OBS Studio. But the other thing that I, that I try to tell people about is actually the use of the virtual camera. So you have the ability to go in there and actually set up a scene. You can have yourself on camera. You can have your logo. You can have some promotional messaging. And you can literally just click a button and you can make that scene available in all of the traditional software that uses a webcam. So it's amazing how much that can improve how you show up on Zoom meetings or Microsoft oh, yeah. uh, Teams or you know any of those things. And it's not, not difficult. Um, and again, I have an entire show on, on how to do that. So. I, I guess in some ways, my mission is to convince people that whether OBS Studio is the right tool for you or not, you really don't need to be scared of it. It's not going to hurt you. It's fine. Yeah. Just, just, just yeah. relax. Um, but that, <laughs> that, 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 uh, that rant aside, um, it is incredibly powerful and it is literally free. Um, I must admit, I haven't had much experience with the, um, the, the versions that you've alluded to in terms of stream elements sure. and, and uh, stream labs. Um, I've never really felt the need to go beyond OBS because it has worked so beautifully for me. Yeah, I did, you know, play with stream labs uh, a, a while back, uh, mostly for when I was doing stuff at mob crush, just because we need people to quality uh, assure on that. Cause we had a plugin that worked with them. Um, and you know, it's, it's a little easier to get started. They give you a little, it's a, you know, laid out a little smarter. It's got some intuitive like things to get you right into it and set up your first scene and stuff. Um, but it does use a considerable amount more CPU is what I noticed. Uh, and I don't think that has changed from what I've seen on, you know, discord and Twitter and stuff like that. Um, so it may be an easier low lift way of getting into the OBS frame of mind. And then once you've figured it out, I would highly suggest going to OBS Studio. That being said, our mission today is to get you streaming immediately and you don't need any of that stuff because almost every single platform nowadays has a built-in version uh, that will just get you going. So you just pop on your phone, 
go into YouTube, go into Twitch, go into Instagram, go into TikTok, and you can stream from your phone right away. Absolutely. Um, I guess the the one thing uh, that I would say, and it's it's a weird quirk, but um, as someone that does spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, LinkedIn Live is actually the one place that doesn't have any kind that of doesn't. native uh, ability to yeah. go live. You literally have to use um, some other tool to, to do it. So I guess that's probably a great opportunity to talk about some of those other tools. So yeah. um, we're going to talk a little bit about StreamYard and Restream. And these are both uh, platforms that have free uh, starting plans. So you have the ability in, in sort of both uh, Restream Studio, which is their, uh, their in-browser uh, broadcasting tools. So you can, uh, and this is literally what we're using this morning uh, for this, uh, say this morning. It is morning in my time zone, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, but we're literally using that here. So, uh, you know, we've got both of our webcams here together. We're going out live to various places. I've got different features in terms of uh, images and, uh, and graphics and uh, chat messages and overlays and things that I can use here. It's very easy to get get started. And I guess for those people that are a little bit daunted by OBS Studio, this will be a much gentler approach to going live. Um, yeah. So for both Restream, and that's Restream.io and StreamYard, they do have these these free plan options. They do include branding for the services themselves. So yeah. again, keep that in mind if you are using these, um, that, that that will be there. Uh, but again, especially if you're just starting out and you want to see if live streaming is for you, it's probably a really good way of, of starting completely free. Um, you can get into to these pieces of software, try these things out. And again, uh, I guess as as Sam has noted, for a lot of these, you can literally just go live on your phone. So that might be another way of doing it as well. Yeah, and I I don't think either of those have an app version, but there are uh, similar apps out there that will do things like that. The names of which elude me at this time. Um, <laughs> the the cool thing about something like a restream or a streamyard is once again, it's very easy to get started. They have a bunch of scenes created. They have the ability to invite guests in, just like we're doing here, um, which with OBS, you actually need like a third party sort of fix to do that um, <clears throat> or some creative know-how. Uh, and um, both, um, oh, actually, I don't know that Restream has this. I know StreamYard has an audio library, so it has some music you can use and things like that. Um, they both let you play videos on top of doing uh cameras and stuff like that so it's it's really you know like seconds to get yourself going on that and there are a bunch of other services out there these days uh that do similar things but also i don't think you touched on they both uh, allow you to multicast to different platforms at the same time absolutely so again uh you know uh, and restream it's a little abstract, but Restream has the ability to take uh, take a stream from any kind of software like OBS or, or similar yeah. things and just send them out to different places. But they do also have the Restream Studio, which is that browser experience I just described. And I, I might just mention uh, too, uh, you mentioned uh, the the music. So there, there is yeah. the ability to add some royalty-free music. I think they call it background music. Uh, you literally have to choose from their options though. And I, to be honest, yeah. I wasn't terribly excited by any of them. Sure. Um, so again, in some ways, and as someone who is honestly a bit of a control freak, um, having to uh, give up some of that control and embrace some of the Restream default scenes and their positionings, 
You know, it did... I'm going to level with you. It annoyed me at the beginning. But the nice thing about this is that everything else is within this one window. So if I wanted to bring on a chat uh, comment, for example, it's just a couple of clicks away. Um, It's sort of that ease of use versus um, power and and customization and and flexibility thing. So, uh, but again, especially for for newbies, I think it's, it's a really good thing to explore. So in terms oh. of actually uh, editing some so- uh, editing some video, so again, you know, whether you're doing live streaming or whether you're doing, uh, you know, recorded and edited video, or even if you're just editing your live stream, um, let's let's talk about some of the... There are a lot of free options. We're probably only going to cover one today, and that is something I know Sam is very fond of, CapCut. So talk, talk to us about CapCut. Why do you like yeah, that particular piece I, of Yeah, I love CapCut. CapCut. It is free. It comes to you from ByteDance, which is the same people that made TikTok. Um, and one of the the great things about it is it does auto-captioning really pretty well. Uh, there's usually a little touch-up to the actual text that you have to make, but that seems to be with anyone. Um, you can style that captioning a hundred ways to the sun. It is very customizable. It's so good. Um it lets you switch between different aspect ratios. You could literally make a cut, you know, in a, a 16 by nine format and then duplicate the entire project, convert it to a nine by 16. And it's pretty good about automatically just finding the center point on that and, and you know, relocating some of those clips for you. So I, uh, I can't, I can't express how like just amazing it's been. And like every time I'm like, oh, I've thought of something I wanted to do. And just today I had to do a green screen thing. And I was like, oh, I've never done that in here. Oh, it does it. And it both gives you the ability to uh, manually pick your color point or it has an auto cut feature that just processes the video. And within four or five seconds, it's, it's cut. It's, it's got it all masked out. It's amazing. Um, you have access to uh, a bunch of different filters and effects and transitions. And like, I would like, honestly say I could put this up against Adobe premiere and like 98% of my projects I could do in CapCut. (laughs) And I must admit, I don't, I don't really use CapCut for editing, but I have been sort of using it to burn captions onto my video. And to be honest, I'm genuinely surprised by how good it is, given that it is literally free. And I keep looking for the catch. I'm I'm just waiting for for something to come along and and trick me. But it really does seem to be be quite a good program. And like, again, I I don't want to pull out the grumpy old man of video card again, but um, the things that we were using, like Windows Movie Maker 15 years ago, uh, you you people have no idea how good you have it these days. Oh, the days days of iMovie were terrible. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. It was the worst interface ever. The The only complaint I've ever had about CapCut is that I can only do one timeline per project so if I wanted to do like a, a, a remotely different version of something, I had to just duplicate the project. <laughs> and I must admit, I, I kind of do that in uh, in Camtasia, which is not a free piece of software. Um, 
but I, I, I tend to just save my projects at multiple instances because I do want to make changes to them. Um, and it is possible to sort of select parts of the timeline and ex export them out as separate things. But I, I kind of prefer working on a project by project basis. But certainly, um, if you are interested in video editing, CapCut is currently our recommendation for, for good free software. It's worth noting too that there is a web version, there is an app version for your phone, and there's also um, yes. there's a desktop version as well. I'm pretty sure, I, I'm, I mean, it's definitely available for Windows. I'm not sure about other platforms. You might want to check that out if you're a Mac user. But yeah, again, just, um, okay, cool. Yep. So just, just head over to capcart.com and check it out because it's, it's bizarrely useful and it's literally free. So, and it does have uh, like a cloud sync, so you can start a project on your phone and transfer it over to your desktop. I haven't done it yet, but it does exist. <laughs> and it just like this has nothing to do with anything really. But I noticed um, previously uh, when I would export my projects, uh, CapCut would say, "Oh, you know, here's the folder that your video has been rendered to." Do you want to open up YouTube? Do you want to open up TikTok? And they've kind of gotten rid of that YouTube option now in a recent update. So oh, I, I guess they're trying that. to down downplay the the fact that you might want to use that video somewhere else. But you right. know, you certainly can. Yeah, yeah. All right. So this is the the video and live streaming show. I'm John Lacey, and I'm joined as always by Sam Proof. Today we're talking all about starting Scrappy and using cheap and free tools for video creation. And right now we're sort of talking about. Um, well, we have been talking about some software that you might want to try out to get started in both terms of live streaming and editing. Um, another great resource that we have is the ability to actually access some royalty free assets uh, that you might want to use in your video projects. Um, I'm just going to talk about this one because this, uh, in Compatech, um, Kevin McLeod has been producing royalty-free music that anyone can download for at least 15 years. Like I, some oh, of yeah. my earliest YouTube videos include his music. Um, and it's been really interesting to see the evolution of TikTok and YouTube shorts and some of his compositions, um, like monkeys spinning monkeys is, is a really popular one. Um, it's been really cool to see that, uh, that those continue to live on in that format and the thing i would say is that the website is very very basic and it's it's full of advertising but again you do have the ability to go and find some some music that you can include you just need to include that attribution so that's and and that's often i i, I guess let, let's assume that the people looking for this advice are complete newbies and and i'm gonna i'm, I'm sorry i'm gonna put my copyright hat on I know you want to put, um, it's, it's a little weird given that the TikTok and, and YouTube shorts do have some licensing arrangements with, uh, with pop music, um, providers yeah. these days, but generally speaking, you can't just take your favorite song and throw it on a video and put it on the internet. That's just not how that works. Yeah. Um, so again, think about, you know, what are the resources that you're including in, in your projects and where do they come from? And always check those licensing arrangements. So Sam, um, do you have any any resources that you like to use or recommend? Um, I mean, I love Incomptech, but, but that is a great database. Um, <clears throat> Harris Heller, who is uh, basically the, the like prince of doing, or the king of doing what we do, uh, talking about streaming and content creation, he about a year ago launched his own um, royalty-free and like the, promise of forever royalty free music called stream beats 
Um, it's a much smaller library, but he is continually putting new things into that. I think he has two or three other artists helping him out at this point. Um, and they have a, a wide enough, you know, variety of artists or of genres on there that you can use those. And uh, I'm not even sure if he demands a uh, attribution, but you should always uh, do that. Um, and then per platform, yeah, you'll you'll have the ability to get different audio libraries. I know YouTube uh, does have an audio library, and they, uh, you know, specifically hired artists like my friends RKVC to make music that other people can use in their streams. So you can look for those. Uh, gosh, I wish I knew what the direct link on that was. It's probably YouTube.com/slash audio library or audio. Um, but it is mixed in with all of the other stuff. So, you know, per platform, there's usually some sort of original sound, original audio tab that you can find. Um, but definitely make sure you know what you're using before you use it. Because as I've said in the past, you can go into YouTube Shorts and create something in the app. And then as you're publishing it, it goes, oh, this is a copyrighted song. Don't tell you that until it's done publishing which is super annoying so i think it's always best and when you unless you know you're doing something specific to a trending thing but if you're doing something under the guise of live streaming 100 percent play it safe do not use a pop song that being said uh there are different licensing agreements per platform so someone like twitch you can technically get away with using some of that copyrighted material in the live but the minute you uh, archive that live stream and it becomes a VOD, um, all of those copyright infringements will come down on you. <laughs> so don't do it. Yeah, and I guess that's the thing. Like, uh, think about the life uh, lifespan of the content you're creating. If you do want it to be around forever, um, I'd probably downplay the use of, of third-party uh, materials, even if they are royalty-free. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, that, that's kind of a decision you need to make as a creator. Um, I kind of like to, you know, invoke, um, you know, rather than using sort of memes and, and, and copyright I sometimes with myself. mind different platforms um i guess you know in terms of maybe some images uh we do have things like unsplash so that's a, a place that you can go and download some images using your project and another one is um pexels it's pexels.com it's basically pixels but with uh, an e instead of an i um so those are some other options so uh really think about um you know what you might like to use and i guess um Really, if you think about, uh, you know, what are the the kinds of things that you want to be known um, known for, and the things that you actually want to do, um, you know, I, I would try to put your own content first and foremost. I would probably try to avoid using too much third party tools. But again, there's plenty of stuff out there. Just check those uh, licensing arrangements. If you do need to actually include some um, some uh you know attribute that to the the person that that owns it and created it that's always a really good and useful thing to do um so make sure you do that as well all right so this is the video and live streaming show i'm john lacy and i'm joined by sam proof as always and today we're talking all about cheap and free tools for video creation and live streaming um 
Sam, I guess, you know, we've been talking about a lot of free options and those are great to start with, but if you are sort of at a point where you think you would like to invest some money and you've maybe you've done this for a little while and you've got a good sense of how it's going to work and that you're actually committed to it, what are the things that you would probably think about investing in first? Yeah, I would always tell people to put your money into audio first. Like people will be very forgiving with video and grainy and, you know, jittery shutter speeds and things like that. But if your audio is crackly and fuzzy and like sounds like you're in a tin can, they're less likely to stick around. Audio is the go-to. There's a lot of, especially in the live streaming space, it's almost akin to the podcast space. A lot of your viewers are listening only. They don't necessarily even see that your camera sucks. So yeah, I would put whatever money you can, first and foremost, into a better mic. You can even get like a pretty solid little wireless lav mics for 20 bucks now these things are great um and this will work with your pc or your phone uh and then you know you can upgrade to uh, a, a road ca- you know like down the line and a zoom h6 down the line you don't need to drop 300 dollars just because you have it um you know take it in steps don't worry about it <laughs> Absolutely. And I guess, again, um, we're quite blessed uh, these days to have some some really decent microphones that are out there, including some USB-only options. So, um, you know, there are are microphones from um, Samson, um, there's uh, things from Rode, there's things from Shure. Um, and a lot of the microphones, a lot of the newer microphones actually have the ability to use USB or XLR. And I kind of love that. That's kind of what I'd recommend to yeah. most people, because if somewhere down the track, you, you do decide you want to, you know, invest in a, a Rodecaster Pro, um, which I've got to say is not a cheap piece of equipment, but it's no. such a beautiful piece of equipment. I've, I've never had any regrets, um, having purchased this. It's, it's an amazing thing. Um, but that said, you know, if you do have, uh, the, those two connection points you do have a lot of flexibility in terms of how you use it and again i think for most people if you're a single person on a single computer excel um usb microphones are what i would recommend because they they're really easy to get started you know you literally plug them in you select them in whatever software you're using and you're good to go yeah and and usb mics like they're a lot cheaper generally than your, your fancy pants mics. Um, they typically are a little on the quieter side from my experience. I'm sure there's other, you can artificially boost it within certain programs and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's a perfectly good place to start. Absolutely. So I guess, you know, once, once you've got the audio um, and, and, you know, again, once you, if you keep doing this, there's always the opportunity to upgrade. Um, I guess you, you don't want to spend too much upfront, especially if you're not invested in, in actually continuing yeah. to generate um, content and to do this on an ongoing basis. I guess the other thing that, that may be worth um, articulating at this point is that if you do have access to companies that will rent this stuff out to you, um, by all means, do that and try them out and see if they'll work for you. And, you know, if they do, maybe you can think about investing uh, further down the track. Um, but once we've got the the audio um, 
you know, to, to a point where we're happy. And it's funny, uh, audio is something a lot of people have a lot of anxiety about. And the thing that I like to tell people is, as long as I can hear you and I'm interested in what you're saying, I'm actually pretty forgiving about a yeah. lot of these things. Um, but that said, you, you do want to kind of make the audio as good as it can be. And uh, especially if you're in a sort of echoey room, uh, you, you probably want the mic closer to you and further away from other noisy things. And yeah. in some ways, um, you know, having the microphone closer to you, and there, there is a point of diminishing returns. You probably, depending on the kind of microphone that you're using, you probably don't want it too close. Although this microphone in particular is very, very quiet, and that's sort of both its uh, its superpower and its, uh, its problem. Um, so, I mean, sure. I do have to actually uh, sort of amplify this even before it goes into the original roadcaster. But... Um, you know, that that said, the, the nice thing about this is this is probably at least a solid meter away from my computer, which can get a little bit noisy with the fans. So move the microphone closer to you and further away from anything that else in your room that's making noise. And I, I guess maybe we can talk about microphones in, in a deeper way. And I do actually have a bit of an audio engineering background. So nice. maybe that can be its own, its own sort of episode. But um, again, it, we have dynamic microphones and condensive microphones. Generally speaking, a dynamic is probably better for you, although the frequency response will be a little bit different. But all that uh, is, is great stuff to know. But I guess in terms of what we might invest in after we, we get our audio started, um, talk to us about cameras. Sam. Yeah, I mean, depending, you know, if you have something available, if you have a DSLR that will work, that's amazing. Uh, you may need to get a capture card at that point, which is a little bit of an investment. Um, the go-to for most people is this little chumpy, the uh, Logitech C920, which is a great, you know, mid-range camera. There are cheaper webcams out there. You can get this camera, which is just a generic no-name webcam for $20, $29. And it's going to be less. This is like a 1080 and that's like a 720. It like advertises as a 1080 it's a lie <laughs> it's a 720 <laughs> at best um so yeah you definitely want to get in there somewhere depending on what you're doing and what the needs of that camera are um you know again you can be using multiple uh inputs you can have multiple cell phones if you wanted to do some fancy stuff in studio uh, by just using, you know, like OBS and a few other plugins to like bring in uh, cell phones as different cameras. Um, but yeah, the, the Logitech's great. Uh, you can actually plug that in and it'll work with other cameras that are in there to give you a multiple camera experience. You, can, you have these gamers that have like five different cameras, so you can just get a whole bunch of them and they don't even have to be the same color gradient and stuff like that. Because again, it, people are very forgiving about this medium. Um, but yeah, if, if you have a little more, you might try and figure out how to bring your DSLR in. Yeah, and it's uh, it's interesting because we kind of live in a world now where there are some very high end web cameras, and yeah. some of these things are three four hundred dollars worth. And right. at that point, I kind of wonder when it might be better to actually just go and buy a real camera. Um, right. Obviously, you need to think about how it's connecting to your computer. And um, yes, I mean, I use the the Sony um, ZV E10 
which is a really good. Uh, it's it's been great, and it's it, it's not a cheap camera necessarily, um, but it is like a fully function sort of point and click um, camera. It does have USB capability, but the problem I had with that was that you have to unplug the cable, you have to turn it on, you have to adjust some settings, and then you plug the cable back in. And I literally have mine mounted in a teleprompter 24-7, so that was super inconvenient. Ultimately, what I ended up doing, and again, it's an investment, it was was not particularly cheap, but I did get the uh, the Elgato... Um, Capture card uh, that uh, the the Camlink is is what I'm trying to think of. Uh, so the Camlink, um, and I bring that into my computer via that that USB device, and that has worked really really well for me. Again, none of that is particularly cheap, but it's been an investment for me, and I sort of use yeah. that um, for my content and also my day job. So it's it's been quite useful. Yeah, I the guess. Camlink- really good this is not it but it's a basically about this size mm-hmm. it's, you know it's fantastic there are other elgato capture cards that are all basically about the same price point but there's uh god what is this one the uh hd uh, 60s which is a small device about cell phone size um and they all do fantastic you can even get them um hard mounted into your uh your pc if you have the, the slot for it Yes, so I mean th- those are all great options, but again, they they they're probably they are investments. So you need to think yes. about when when you're ready to commit to that. I guess are there other things that that we might consider about investing in? Um, you know, we've spoken about my audio, we've spoken about cameras. Um, I have alluded to the fact that I use a lot of little tripods for all kinds yes. of things, and they're reasonably inexpensive and they're everywhere mm-hmm. and they're all slightly different. So, um, I mean, I have so many of them, it's kind of ridiculous at this point in time, but I do find that if I am recording something and I need a particular angle or a particular vantage point, that they're incredibly mm-hmm. useful and you can put them on tables. Um, so I guess what other accessories do you think might be useful or have been useful for you, Sam? I mean, I am a huge fan. Oh, dang. I shouldn't have done this with the one that's attached to my mic. That was dumb. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the like scissor mount, mm-hmm. which you kind of see here. Ignore the tripod. Um, you know, having those things on so that you can move them around. Although uh, my cords are a mess. So I've just done something and I hope I haven't messed up my audio. I'm going to mute and fix this. Um, but also you can get um, like, even if you don't have a GoPro, you can get a pack of GoPro accessories that will give you attachments that will uh, go to just a regular mount. And then you can have a suction cup. You can have, you know, this giant stupid clip uh, and like, you know, mount phones and cameras in crazy places that you wouldn't normally able to be able to even with uh, a bendy tripod. Uh, So yeah, I think those are awesome. And while I fix my mic, uh, yeah, what are what are your things? Sure. So um, I guess the other thing, and again, these range in price quite dramatically, but we we spoke about the importance of good audio. One of the best things that you can do uh, in terms of getting better audio is to actually have the microphone closer to you. And one of the best ways of doing that is to actually invest in a boom arm. And they they start very cheap in price. Um, That does have some implications for the build quality. So you want to keep that in mind. But um, if you can afford it, it's really good uh, to do that because I have seen people that uh, literally hold their microphones while they're talking on live streams and, you know, they'll they'll just move it around and they'll 
they'll smack it around. Um, and I shouldn't pick on Sam, but he's really, (laughs) he's quite animated. He talks with his hands quite a lot and he will sort of smack it every now and then, which is, yeah, which is hilarious. I should not be given shock mounts. I'm terrible at keeping (laughs) the rubber bands on this thing. (laughs) But yes, I guess that's the thing. Uh, and again, a lot of the cheap microphones, especially if they're a condenser microphone, um, you need them to be relatively close to to your mouth. Um, and we, we see this all the time with a particular microphone that I'm not even going to use the name of because it's so um, divisive in the community. Um, but it'll sit on the desk like a meter away from the person and it'll capture every echo of every part of the room. So again, if, if even if you do have that particular microphone, which I'm not going to name here, um, you know, if you can bring it close to, to you, that's half the battle. And then you can potentially turn it down as well, which can be quite useful. Because really what we want to do is make sure that we're capturing you, we're not capturing the ambience of the room. So keep that in mind. Um, I'm, I, I must admit, I... I'm trying to sort of rack my brain about what other accessories might be useful. And I, I think um, one thing, and Sam sort of alluded to this a little bit, but even the, the tiny little ring lights that you can put on your camera, if, yeah. you are, if you're just doing something live out in the field um, or even just recording a video on your camera, just a little bit of extra light can be quite useful. And those things are honestly incredibly uh, cheap. So, um, you know, those are things that you can go off and invest in. But again, think about what you might already have access to. Uh, Again, if you've got some artificial lighting, if you can work with the natural light that you've got, then that's something that you can certainly think about. So this is the video and live streaming show. My name's John Lacey and I'm joined by Sam Proof today. We're talking all about starting Scrappy and actually thinking about things that you can do to get started too much money again it's it's a good idea actually uh you can think about producing a proof of concept for the kind of things that you want to do relatively cheaply develop some systems and make sure that you're ready to go before you you drop a whole lot of money so again uh one of the things that i sort of mentioned earlier was just thinking about some of the things that you have access to already and my big thing is that I'm I'm concerned about what people see on camera. I'm less concerned about things that are around it. So if you're not looking at the microphone, yeah. it doesn't really matter what it looks like as long as it works. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I as I said earlier, I've done things with textbooks and, and weights and all kinds of things. I, I think you do need to embrace your inner MacGyver sometimes. <laughs> no, I agree. And, <clears throat> you know, I, th- I think a lot of people... Um, would be like, well, put a, why wouldn't you suggest a green screen right away? And, and while I've gone through the phase of, and I know John likes his green screen, of having the green screen and liking it, I don't think it's necessary. And often it is more trouble than it's worth. Um, so, yeah, I don't put that very high on my list of like, that is an, a need for your production, even though now I have several green screens at this point. Um, but I would add on, hard drives even though it's not immediately needed get yourself some hard drives <laughs> absolutely um and i guess that's the thing like uh, any any video content that you're creating uh is going to take up space on hard drives and you want to think about backing that up if, yes. if you've created anything that's even half decent that you put your time and energy into we want to make sure we've got copies of those things and, yeah. you know, you may want to come back in and repurpose and remix those things later on. So that's definitely a, a great point. Um, even things uh, in terms of, uh, you know, 
there there are free accounts for for things like Google Drive and Dropbox. So if you are sharing resources with other people in terms of going live or in terms of creating videos, uh, th those are a great starting point. But again, you'll need to think about how you organize your files because they do have finite um, limits on them. And again, if, if you do decide that's a way that you want to work moving forward, you can always pay to um, upgrade to those those services. Um, I guess what I would say, um, just to briefly, because Sam yeah. did mention the green screen, and it's funny, I, if I didn't have my green screen, you would literally just see a door and a back of a, sure. a, a the side of a bookcase. So, I mean, I, I, it's sort of a constraint that I've embraced, and I just, I just deal with it. And to be really honest with you, I'm, I'm quite happy because a lot of the things I do are software demonstrations. So it's it's a great way of just having me pop into the corner of, of that and, and be within the action. Um, but I guess the thing I would say about green screens more generally is a lot of the time you will, people will tell you these things and they, they I'm sure they mean well, but they'll be like, it has to be this particular type of green screen and you have to have 37 right. lights. And in my experience, yeah. that has not been true at all. And I've done things with just a bit of green cardboard. There are very, yep. very cheap sort of circular things that people put on their chairs. And um, I know um, Garen Perkins on LinkedIn, I, I'm sure he uses one of them. And except that he he shows you behind the scenes occasionally, you would not know that it isn't some huge green screen behind him. So you'd be surprised at how effective some of these things can be. Um the thing that I've I've discovered is not useful though, is a lot of the software. So uh -huh. even things like Microsoft Teams has sort of a, a faux green screen thing built into it, and it's just it's terrible. Yeah. And even as someone who is literally in front of a physical green screen, it does a really bad job of sort of chroma keying that. So I always do that by OBS um, Studio, and I sort of use the virtual camera to to bring that in. But I just wanted to mention that briefly. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point to make. Um, and, and, you know, if you're doing something where green screen is inherently useful and it's a practical thing, then by all means, you should, you know, get it. But also, like John said, you don't have to break the bank on that. You can just go to the dollar store, drop 20 bucks on green paper and like get enough of the area to get your close up shot, you know, set. Because um, the software, especially OBS and, and CapCut, uh, has gotten so good at being able to chroma key that you don't need the five point lighting setup that I learned back in 1994. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, this is the, the video and live streaming show. Um, I'm John Lacey and I'm joined by Sam Proof. And today we're talking all about cheap and free tools for video creation. Obviously there's a lot out there and we can't cover it all within an hour, but I hope we've given you some ideas about things that you can think about um, exploring. Uh, maybe think about when is appropriate to think about upgrading um, and just making sure that you don't, I, I guess the danger is that you'll go out and buy all the equipment and you'll do it twice and you'll just go never again. And then you've got all right. this equipment and Sam will probably buy it really cheaply off um, eBay or Craigslist or something, right. um, which will be great for Sam. But again, like you, I, I think you want to pace yourself. I think any kind of content creation is a, is a long-term game and you need to sort of be a little bit strategic about how you approach that. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, a, it's it's a crazy time to be alive inflation is horrible make sure you can pay your bills and feed your family and like <laughs> before you drop any money on a, 
an amazing PC or a giant camera. You don't need a red and you know, you don't need a roadcaster pro and you don't need X, Y, and Z just get going with what you have on hand. Absolutely. I think that's good advice. So, uh, again, think about, you know, what is it that you're trying to achieve? Think about your goals. Think about the tools that you can already use um, and that you may already have. And it's, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I'm, this is, and again, poor Sam has probably experienced this already, but I'm weirdly obsessed with Microsoft PowerPoint, not as a presentation tool, but just as a graphics tool. And I use it for, uh, for, thumbnails i use it for all the images um occasionally i'll go off and do things in photoshop and illustrator but um it's just something that was already on my computer that i i'd never really thought about you know using it in a way other than was sort of originally described and i think you'd be surprised if you go off and have a look at some of the things that you already have access to whether it's software whether it's hardware and think about how you can use that in, in a more creative way and I mean, along those lines, Canva is great for creating your own stock assets and thumbnails and cover images and things like that as well. And I was going to do a whole talking point on this, but I skimmed over it. And now I don't know. But there's so many AI tools out there that will help <laughs> you create music and video and, uh, you know, images specifically. Uh, you know, so you can for the most part, find all of the, you know, completely customized things uh, for free um, until you decide you want to pay for that service, which up to you. <laughs> and again, like, I, I think um, it's important to go back to your goals and your aims uh, yeah. because I think sometimes we forget that people are watching our videos because they want the content and we can be, we can get so distracted about animations and flashing things and yeah. sound effects when really is a good chance. Somebody wants to know how do I use this piece of software? Somebody wants to be entertained. Um, it's, it's not necessarily about all the extra things, although the extra things can be nice and sometimes they can elevate the production yeah. levels of, of your project. Um, but really, I think focus on your message, focus on, on your goals and just think about, you know, how you can actually um, bring that message to the world. And uh, I, I guess, you know, just set your expectations accordingly. But, um, you know, as, as we say, think about uh, using some of the tools that you already have and, you know, how you can use those more creatively. And again, just when you're ready to upgrade, by all means, do it. We're not anti-gear. We, we, we love equipment. No, we love gear. <laughs> we love it. But again, just just make sure you don't go into to bankruptcy to, to fund right. your, your gear habit. Yeah. Uh, that, that's probably all, all we'd really say about that. So... Um, do you have any final thoughts as, as we begin to wrap up the show, Sam? I mean, just get started. Just do it. Get going. Like, you know, you've got to have a video. You've got to have audio. If you've got those bases covered, you're good to go. Start doing stuff today. Absolutely. And I guess um, as someone who can be a bit um, perfectionistic, Sometimes I will think I've got to watch every video on the editing software before I get started. And the honest truth is you will learn more by doing than you will by watching. Yes. So, yes, so right. get involved, uh, take, take that, that first step in, in the right direction. Um, I mean, if you, if you have any burning questions, we'd love to hear about them. And certainly in terms of topics for future shows, that would be great too. So 
Um, thank you for the people that have joined us today. We do appreciate it. We've had a little bit of banter in the in the chat today, so that's been wonderful. Um, so, Sam, where can people find out more about you and uh, and what's your content? Yeah, you can find me as Sam Proof on just about any platform except TikTok, where I'm official Sam Proof, and you can find all my links at samproof.tv. Nice. And if you want to head over to johnlacey.com, if you want to learn more about me, I've got all the links to all the various places. So uh, thank you for joining us today. I know there have been some, um, b the joy of time zones, but also the, t the joy of daylight savings starting and ending. It's been a little bit weird for, for a lot of us. Yeah. So uh, thank Things you for, for joining us if you have. And if you're watching this later, we appreciate that as well. So um, we'll be back uh, probably the same time next week, but look out for the, the event invites for that. And we look forward to talking to you more about video and how you might use it uh, in, in your projects. And next week, we're going to talk about how you might actually get some of that money to get some better gear. <laughs> Absolutely. So join us then. Uh, we're talking all about monetization and how that might f uh, factor into your plan. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.